Hey everybody, welcome to the Foxworthy Podcast. This is episode 68, the fourth episode of the Denis 2049 series. Incendies is the film for this episode as we get closer and closer to Blade Runner and the rest of the Denis Villeneuve oeuvre. Hmm, I like that. Now, you're going to want to check out Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman if you want to follow along with the next episode. Go ahead and do that after you give this one a listen on Incendies, his last French film from 2010. The reason why this one is getting up a little later than usual. Hopefully I'll have this up Tuesday night. I'm not sure if it's going to be closer to Wednesday morning, but we had a bit of a Hurricane Irma come through here in Florida, our home base. So there were some power issues, some internet issues. It it didn't end up being as bad as people had thought it would be, so... That's good, and we were able to get this out relatively quick, so we're happy. We'll hope to get back on a regular schedule next week. But in the meantime, you can go catch up on uh, stuff on the website. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, it'll be all caught up. We had some posts that I was unable to fully post because of all the hurricane issues, but we've got our fireside chat for uh, Maelstrom... And I wrote about Glow, and the Polytechnique chat should be up at least by the time you hear this, and then I'm writing something about Twin Peaks also. Check all that out. Thanks for bearing with us if you are one of our loyal subscribers, and make sure to go rate and review us on iTunes, iTunes itunes.apple.com slash us slash podcast slash the Foxworthy podcast, blah, 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 blah. You can find it. That's probably how you found it in the first place, because if you search Maelstrom or August 32nd on Earth or probably Polytechnique, we're pretty much the only thing that comes up. So do that, although if you're hearing this, you already know about us. If you're hearing this, it's too late. Nonetheless, enjoy this episode with me, Sam Hensel, Denis2049, Incendies. Hello and welcome to the Foxworthy Podcast. I am Taylor Gaines. With me on the other line, the man who sings, it's Sam Hensel. Oh, just came pew, in pew, on pew. a just came in on a bus on fire. Just landed in town. Is that like a Kings of Leon song? That's Sex on Fire. Oh, <laughs> much less familiar with that. More more buses on fire. That's what I know. That's my that's my range. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> To do another Denis 2049 podcast. This time we have uh, our last French film. Or French Canadian, <laughs> whatever language it is. Maybe I'll get... I'm so into the French movies now that I'll... The next four that are American, I'll just put in French. I'm sure they have French versions online. I'll watch in French. At least put the French subtitles on. Yeah, seriously. So I can keep up. I'm so used to it. That might be extremely confusing for Sicario, because then I then I think Sicario would be in Spanish. three different languages at <laughs> yeah. once. That's to translate from 
I almost said Mexican, from Spanish to English, all the way back out to French, where I'll be. Where you'll be. I'll so be. this is episode four, right? Four? Of the Denis One, 2049? Two, three, it's the fourth movie. Well, then it should be the fourth episode. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Of the That's Denis 2049 podcast, Incendies is the movie. Did, did anyone find out what that means? But anyone did, did the producer can get did anyone producer. find out what that means in uh in english i think it it either Terriers means fire or smoldering or something like that this yeah. is more or less an epic it's a journey it's a, a it's journey, a journey about a family born in war-torn fictional middle east as denis villeneuve emphasized in multiple interviews that i looked up he so we won't talk too much about this because it's not that interesting but he said that he intentionally made it a fictional land because he wanted it to be apolitical. Frankly, I'm not sure you can make a movie about the Middle East and have it be apolitical no matter how you yeah. do it. The bad guys are the Christian right in this movie, right? They're not necessarily... I believe that's that right? correct, yeah. They're part of the bad guys, at least. This movie opens with a scene of like young men, I guess... Boys. Middle Eastern. I don't even know what's right and what's wrong to say when it's fictional or whatever, but there's young Middle Eastern boys getting their heads shaved. I guess it looks like they're getting indoctrinated into something, more or less. But then, what the movie is pretty much about is these twins who get a pair of letters from their mother who recently died and left everything to them in her will but first they have to deliver these letters and one of them is to their father the other is to their brother and it more or less leads on a journey to the middle eastern area where their mom is from and them trying to discover who she was and find out who their brother is and who their father is because my recollection is that they believe their father is dead and they believe they don't mm-hmm. have a brother. So yeah, they they're very surprised this. to have to deliver these letters. And also they have the most anal notary of all time. The guy's like, the guy says that he's like, being a notary is the most holy position of all time. If you open these letters, you're going to notary's hell, basically. Because they just want to open the letters and see what it says to these fictional characters. But the guy's like, no, 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 no. He's like a Nazi Mr. Poe. Series <laughs> unfortunate events. I, I mean, slight spoiler, but I, I think even if they opened the letters and read them, it would have explained nothing to them. No, I think written. they would have. And here is the spoiler. I think they would have recognized. Well, that's, we that's a big spoiler. Pretty well. <laughs> We'll get into that. We'll get into that more. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk at the beginning of like, oh, mom's crazy. The brother's basically like, good thing she's dead. She's finally calm. And they go on a long journey. So uh, we'll we'll talk about the plot sort of in a bit. But before we get into that, I wanted to give you some of the facts and figures that I found about incendies. This one was a little more recent. And a little more, what do you call it? Well renowned, like yeah, it wasn't... there's some money. It was produced. <laughs> well, it had the same actor. Yeah. So, Incendies came out in 2010, and was nominated for best foreign film. Apparently, how this works, I don't know if you're familiar with this before, but at least in Canada, I've, and I believe for each country, there's some kind of organizing body that gets to nominate 
a particular film from that country. So Canada nominated Incendies to be their best foreign film entry at the Academy Awards. It didn't win, but it pretty much put Villeneuve on the map. And I was watching an interview with him about Prisoners, which is uh, next up on the list, and he was talking about how this movie pretty much opened all the doors for him in Hollywood and got him rolling. Yeah. And what's interesting, too, about this movie in relation to the movies we've already talked about being August 32nd on Earth and Maelstrom and uh, Polytechnic, he said that he more or less stopped writing movies for a while after those first two films, after Maelstrom, because he was so unsatisfied with his first two movies that he was like, I'm just going to study screenwriting for a while to make sure I can do this better. Even in his well, interview... I have to say, I also was unsatisfied with those first two movies. So, <laughs> like, you and I... Well, you also understood none of them. Ah, yes. Maybe that was his problem. He was writing them in the wrong language. That, so yeah, just, we've, talk, we've talked at length about that, I think. <laughs> yeah. That but, will unfortunately be the conclusion. No, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. But he... Uh, even in his interview for Prisoners, he was saying that he felt like this was his best movie, so he was confident in it. And, and basically the story of what happened is there's a play called Incendies made by this guy Wajdi Muawad. I'm sure I mispronounce that, as I usually do. That sounds beautifully correct. Villeneuve went and saw this play. It's four hours long. It's more or less the same story about a mother and her twins and she all the stuff that she went through that they don't really understand and her war efforts and things and apparently Villeneuve saw this play and thought it was a masterpiece and liked it because it also had a Greek tragedy element to it mixed in with being kind of a modern story so he spent five years working on the script got it ready wanted to make a silent film which ended up being impossible for him I guess with the amount of things he wanted to pull off as far as plot and story and everything. Plot plot is not story. Yeah, that's right. Make sure those are separated. And he uh, got $6.5 million for this movie, which sounds like not a lot to me. And Just like they handed him $6.5 million and then... That's how movie like, budgets like work, like, right? Yeah, they just give you a briefcase and they said, sorry, you got the small this time. It's $6.5 million. So it's basically like, let's make a deal. Yeah, no, 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 it's like Deal or No Deal. Oh, <laughs> Deal or No Deal. I forgot what the yeah, name of the show was. It's, I, yeah. That was such a tough pull for me that I couldn't even remember the name of the show. Yeah. yeah, with all the briefcases and that guy who hates germs. They shot it mostly in Canada, and by mostly I mean they spent 25 of the 40 days in Canada. They also spent 15 days shooting in Jordan. Apparently, because the budget was so low, Villeneuve... And and you might have experience with this as a veteran as a filmmaker. of, of, yes. uh, of video making yourself. Sure. Apparently he aimed to film no scene without being sure it would not be cut. Basically everything he filmed, he was like, this is going to be in the movie. Oh, yeah, that's a really, yeah. Which seems that's like... an insanely high batting average. Yeah, and I, that's what I was thinking is, I think most people don't do that, right? No. I mean, you want to be as efficient as you can, I'm sure. But, I mean, I guess, I mean, what you have, I mean, you have to make the most of your trip if you're going all the way to Jordan and you only have six and a half million dollars. Chump change when it comes to that, I'm sure. But, I mean, you want to make the most of your time. So, 
I'm sure people try to aim for that, but I guess he did. He actually go through with it and not cut anything that he shot over there. I think he mostly achieved his goal. Let me use this as a transition into our other discussion. But in an interview that I found, he said that this was a movie about ending the cycle of violence and anger. That's interesting. For the mother? Or like the family in general? Like it's, it runs in the family kind of thing? Yeah, for humanity, man. Oh, he, they, cured, they cured the Earth's propensity for violence and anger? Yeah, he solved the Middle East problem. Oh my gosh. You know, I forgot. I heard about something like that in 2010 when we just stopped having <laughs> Middle East problems. And, and I, man, we should really thank him for that. I can't believe he didn't win the Oscar. Yeah, it's oh, kind that's of a good crazy thing. That's, in yeah. retrospect. Yeah, I know. Like this, the theme is there that it ends this cycle of anger and violence. The, the, the mother, her entire life is on that. Like the father of her first child was shot by her brother in the head for not, for not being a normal uh, Middle Eastern something. He was not part of the right se- sect or something. Um, and then she was, of course, brutally abused and tortured in prison, and she... And people try to kill her throughout the movie, and she was constantly facing political persecution, and she even committed a lot of violence by killing that figurehead and... Like, all of that came down to, and all of that sort of violence and, and hatred could be boiled down into, or at least manifested or personified in her son, who was born of someone who was murdered, who fought, sired children, who came out of a, a horrible violent act, and that he himself was a, was a war criminal. And like, all of that, and the last thing he says to her, or she says to him is basically like, I love you, you're my child, I'll always love you, I'll never not. It's like that, like, in her death, she, like, breaks the the cycle of, I see it, of violence and hate. Yeah, it's in there. And I think the reason I said of humanity is because Villeneuve likes to use stories about individuals to extrapolate. Yeah, to to make bigger statements of what people should do or how he thinks things should be, like, if... You know, like the Middle East, like we were just joking about how that problem is impossible to solve. And I guess Villeneuve, despite the darkness of most of his movies, is maybe a little bit of an optimist. Maybe he thinks that if every family individually could choose to end the cycle of violence and anger, then that's how things have to change. Like there's no policy solution or way that we can solve it from the outside by just changing the leader or something like it has to change in the hearts of each person. Yeah. But I don't think it was capital M capital E middle East. It wasn't like, this is how we solve the middle East crisis because that's, that was part of why he chose fictional. Like, I think that this could have been a movie about them going to war torn Germany in right. the early 20th century to do the same exact thing or Russia or some other, I don't know what, what parallels to the middle east politically in the early 20th century or anything like that but like it could have been that could be you could take the story and put it anywhere and i think it's like i think it's more of the idea that he's trying to that he's trying to send through yeah so basically we i described it a little bit at the beginning but the movie intercuts between the daughter and the mom the whole time and the mom's journey consists of i think five or six stages basically 
She has her first kid with that Romeo and Juliet esque guy who just gets sure. murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fire brother. goes off to college and is part of like a resistance newspaper or something like that. Or at least a newspaper that was it. promoting peace or something. The imposing government or the powers that be were not on board with the newspaper. Right. It was dangerous to be her is what they're insinuating. Incendiating? Incendiating. Maybe that's what it means. To insinuate. That's what incendiating means. That's <laughs> it's missing. a mispronunciation of misspelling <laughs> yes, of a yeah. different word. And then yeah. it cuts to her, I think, was she trying to go into a country or escape a country? I, I found that kind of hard to follow. Was, but going south to Duressa or something like that. Yeah, somehow she winds up on a bus and the bus gets taken. A, yeah, taken, attacked by the Christian right people who are ruling the country they murder a bunch of people and then they're about to burn the bus to like kill whoever's left over or maybe just to burn the bodies i don't really know exactly the motivation but she tries to escape and then she's like oh wait i'm a christian she is but i think the whole family is by the way that was a part of the story she has the cross that she wears and they let her off and then she Basically, there's like this heartbreaking, like really complicated moment where she takes this other woman's kid because she knows, I guess, that she can't save both of them. And she pretends that the daughter is hers. And then they blow up the bus and the other mom gets killed. And then the daughter freaks out and starts running back towards the bus and then gets shot down then there's this i i would be tempted to use the word iconic but it was more like if you watch the oscars that year it was probably the shot that they used when they yeah when they it's brought the poster. up like, it's the poster for the oh movie. is it the poster too yeah 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 so it's basically the mom bent over with the bus burning behind her i'll probably yeah. include it as the picture that i put with this poster sure. and then it says incendies i'm the poster <laughs> Not in the movie. In the movie, it says incendies and it says starring. It's first and it's first. Yeah, that was a grim thing. And that's something that Villeneuve likes to do. He does not want you to... He doesn't want to shy away from those, like... He likes to put things in cold daylight. Like, like he likes to expose you to these pretty horrifying, tense situations. Polytechnique is an entire movie of it. I was going to say, we talked about this a lot with Polytechnique, but he has a way of kind of doing it where... It, there's not really any judgment or morality present in the way that things happen. Because right. even that moment where she's getting off the bus, like I rewatched that a couple of times because at first I was like, is she just doing something horrible when she's like bailing herself out or what's going on here? It's clearly like you can see a million things going through her face in that moment. And then she decides that she thinks if she can save one of them, that I, I guess that's the best thing to do. Anyway, I, we got a little stuck on that one, but basically, there's the first kid, the school, the bus, mm-hmm. and then she goes and works for the far right leader for a while, like tutoring his kid, so that she can assassinate him. <laughs> then she winds up in prison, and then she is tortured and raped in prison, and then has more kids, and then. I believe after that, her story catches up to where it would have been 
right before the events of the movie, right? Yeah, when she's back. And then running concurrently with all of this are present-day scenes of the twins, the daughter, and the son. Who are grown up now. Yeah. And it is Simone and John? Jean, yeah. That's the guy or the girl? She's she's Jean, like... And the guy's Simone? Jean. And he's, like, that would be Simon in America, but it's pronounced Simone. Okay, I learned something. And he's also played by the guy who plays the killer in Polytechnic. That was probably the wrong way to say that sentence. He's played by the guy who plays the killer. Ah, yes, yeah, that was not the real. No, Maxime Gaudet. So it was was fun seeing a familiar face, right? So fun. What a fun face that is. I definitely don't have that burned into my brain as a horrible mass murderer. Yeah, no. Anyway, so they are going on a journey concurrently with the flashbacks, trying to figure out what is going on with their mother. They have these two letters they have to deliver to their brother and their dad, so they're trying to figure out where these two people are. As I was telling you when we were talking about this before we were recording, don't you love when people say that on podcasts? Yeah, that's that lets people know that we talk outside of this podcast, even if it's only five minutes before. But I, what I was saying is it reminded me a lot of that Master of None parents episode for a while, where I thought that they were more or less just going to be seeing that their mom had it really tough and was in prison and was in this midst of this war and all this different stuff. But as you alluded to before, it ended up being a bit more complicated than that on a granular level because... Last spoiler alert. As you said, their brother is also their dad. Yep. That's what they discover. It's their incest. brother who... Incestes. That <laughs> uh, sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> their brother who has a an extended scene at some point in the movie where you see him just assassinating small children for no reason. It, it wound up being a lot darker turn and like we were talking about with the theme like i guess the idea is that they're supposed to move past it break the break the chain right yeah and not have children with your children yeah wouldn't you be like screwed up if that happened well i think the kids should have some sort of like uh like a like a mental inhibitor some kind of how do i say that problems like defects i don't know yeah yeah I thought that was They're like pretty, a, they came a thing. out pretty okay considering. Yeah, I guess except for the fact that the brother ends up shooting up a school. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot that. This is that. This came out right before, and then it's the same exact character. That makes a lot of sense. It all happens in the same universe. That's that's what Fish was trying to tell us in Maelstrom. I don't even. <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard to make jokes about Villeneuve movies because it's like, oh yeah, well he's the same guy who murdered a bunch of people at a campus <laughs> yeah. shooting. Like, you know the guy who's, who's the brother of the guy who's murdering children murders adults later. God, yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah. But yeah, just tell me since we ran through it, talks about the theme. What did you think of this overall? I liked it actually. I thought it was really striking movies visually it uses a lot of the Dillanouve uh likes to use a lot of blacks in his coloring and the way he uses movies I'm starting to kind of pick that up now I'm like he's given more money and it's not in black and white so I'm getting more of his style and his sense and it's like this movie comes on a lot stronger visually than anything he's done 
although I did think Polytechnique was obviously a much stronger in your gut sort of feeling movie, but this one is a lot more striking visually and cinematically. And I think it's like, it, it does, it does the journey movie to me fairly well. I know you kind of thought it was like boring or slow or weird, definitely weird, but like, I like the Greek tragedy element where they are facing these different versions of Cyclops or whatever. I don't know anything about Greek tragedies, but I I can kind of get, it's like this obstacles to get somewhere sort of physical journey aspect of it concurrently with the, deeper emotional sort of uh repentance themes and it's a much it's 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 most complicated movie assuming that maelstrom isn't like an enormously complicated movie and i actually think you pulled it off pretty well considering it's such a strange concept i mean you're right like i mean we've said this since the beginning basically by the beginning i mean like to the point where we talked about the blade runner 2049 trailer all the time yeah, I mean that's his best movie, the trailer for Blade Runner twenty four nine. But but the thing we always have talked about with him is that he is really good at composing shots generally. And I guess I I should point out the fact that his cinematographer for this was the same guy that shot Maelstrom and August thirty second. Oh, that guy came a long way. Guy named but not Andre Andre Turpin. Yeah, I mean he just has a knack for it. Like these, we mentioned the bus flames. Uh, mm-hmm. shot like that's really striking there's a, a lot of great swimming pool stuff in this i yeah. love i love stuff with swimming but, pools but, yeah the pure overhead shot of them swimming and it's the only thing you can see is them in the pool or and, the mom in the pool yeah and, and it's a very striking movie visually especially with like i feel like most of the mom stuff must have been shot in jordan although maybe they could have pulled off some serious trickery yeah, and, Canada actually looks like that during the summer. That's what you don't know. Yeah, but that was all really striking aesthetically where like I felt a pretty good sense of place as far as what was what there. And I guess my issue is more with kind of quote-unquote epics in general because I just feel like maybe this is just my entertainment preference, but I prefer the polytechnique approach kind of of giving me like 80 tense minutes of one event that encapsulates everything about all the characters and tells one story but you can kind of extrapolate out and get a larger sense of things you know like they he didn't make polytechnique a 20-year movie about how this kid wound up becoming this guy or whatever i felt like there were places at least on, you know, uh, there are places throughout this movie that I felt like that could have helped where instead of telling us every single step of the mom's journey, they could have just used a couple more powerful, interesting stories to kind of extrapolate out what she'd been through and how it made her who she was and things like that. Like the, extended birth scenes aren't really necessary for plot and revealing what's what you know that was sort of my biggest issue is that this movie was like two hours and 15 minutes long or something and it was just kind of i felt like the mom stuff dragged and generally i'm not a huge fan of like one timeline we're gonna do detective work let's do a flashback and show you what really happened I feel like either it's sort of the show don't tell kind of idea, I guess, where it's like 
if you're going to talk about it, don't also show me it. Like, pick one. Yes, and I yeah. think you were you mentioned before, like, they didn't really need the kids to play such a large part in this movie, but they really wanted to do that twist, I guess. Yeah, and it kind of depends on, like, what, what he wanted the movie to be. I do think it would be better as a smaller movie. I think you could have shaved 35 minutes off of it. I do. I think the kid, the kids could have just not existed at all. To me, they didn't serve. I mean, if this story, like he's saying, is about sort of the breaking the silent, the cycle of violence and hatred in life and in family and stuff. I mean, the big twist reveal could have been the kids exist, like that, like and exist are healthy and living in America and have or Canada um, and are still alive. Like we can get their her story without the whole like you said, detective intercut, like weird flashback thing. He has that kind of tendency to, which is strange because he's a very innovative, extremely talented, obviously filmmaker. And he, but he has these little tendencies like that to, to lean on familiar, easy tropes. Um, like there's that one, obviously. And then there's the, the thing that we were talking about before, how he loves the on the nose symbolism of in, of education in, in classrooms. When someone's <laughs> lecturing about something, they're very obviously talking about the movie. In this one, the math professor is talking about math and, and how, like, the math that you knew before isn't what is about to come, and it's more complicated and eternal than that, and you can't fully grasp it. And it's all this crap that, like, is, like, obviously you're talking about the movie. It's fine. I mean, Where we, in Polytechnique, there was a similar thing, right? right yeah, before Polytechnique the... did pretty much the exact same thing about if you put pressure on an element, it'll explode. And it's like, okay, so the kid's about to shoot the school. We get that. You, you know, it's like... Yeah, so I don't know what his obsession with that is. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think, like, he... I mean, it was 2009. Maybe that's... People maybe were that's dumb. Thing. People were dumb. We were doing black and white movies, basically. This is the first color movie was in Cindy's. And so, like, I do think those are, like, some mechanical issues he could have done to make it a shorter, more palatable movie. But I don't think any of that was lost or buried among the the sort of, like, inundation of plot and the Christopher Nolan attempt at, like, a twist. I do think that, like, those are, like, ah, I get it. But I don't, like, I, I wasn't any less moved by the mother's letter to her son. Yeah, I felt like this was more of, like, you could have shaved that stuff off and it would have been a lot better. But that yeah. didn't make the powerful scenes any less powerful in and of themselves, yeah. which yes. is another reason I think why they could have just made the po- the powerful scenes more powerful. Right. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with that. Expand yeah. on that, but mm-hmm. generally, uh, you know, I get why this movie made all this hype that it did. You know, it makes sense. Yeah, and I appreciate too. I just wanted to say the way that he, like, we talk a lot in our culture about being desensitized by violence and gore and everything because everyone just kind of overdoes it. And I appreciate the way that in the last two movies that we've watched, Polytechnique is about a school shooting and Incendies is about a an incestual rape, basically. Yeah. And he has a way of making those things horrifying without, you know... Explicit, yeah. Yeah, making it explicit. Like... I think the scene in this movie where what turns out to be her son uh, rapes her in the prison, she has a way of just singing to try to show her torturers that they can't get to her. And all it does is it cuts to him pulling his pants up and her on the ground 
and then he just says, now sing, and then he shuts the door. And, like, that's way more powerful than some right. gross, like, explicit yeah. thing that they could have done, you know? Yes. And so I'm so I, glad that, yeah, because it, it, it's much stronger, and it's, and it honestly, it makes the scenes that do have a little bit of gore or a little bit of blood that much stronger, because they stand out, and they, like, the kids, like, when he, the same guy, man, this guy's a terrible piece of crap, but the same guy uh, shoots kids, he's a very talented sniper, I guess, he shoots kids for the evil army, and he, they show one of, they just show, like, a pool of blood next to the kid, and you're like, man, that hurts to see that, that is yeah, a lot darker than if it were just the whole movie covered in blood. He's good at that. I think overall, though, um, the two things that stuck out to me on a big picture Villeneuve level were the way that he can build these scenes that just have incredible amounts of tension. Right. Like is something I'm looking forward to in every movie now. Sort of like, okay, where, what's the moment in this movie that I'm just gonna want to rewind and watch this scene? Yeah, because, or never watch that scene ever again. <laughs> or that. Because it's the classroom scene in Polytechnique, it's the bus scene in this movie. Right. And he he just... You can tell that in that gap between his first two movies and these two movies, he learned something essential about filmmaking, right? He knows how to now, like... I mean, I, I think the biggest jump between movies, this will be something we cover as we go on, it could be a fun thing to do, but... The biggest jump between two movies right now, obviously, is between Maelstrom, which is the worst, and <laughs> uh, and Polytechnique, where he, I mean, he has elements of, of being tight and controlled in those earlier movies, but this is, he knows how to captivate us, he knows what's going to work, and he knows, like, he became a professional in the nine years that he was not working, literally, and so this movie, you get the bus scene, is like one of the longest single scenes where he knows what to drag out and he knows what to kind of brush over and he knows how to take you from one place to the next and from what i've the, of the next four movies i've seen two or three like that only gets stronger yeah although i know prisoners is a very long long movie yeah i remember is. the first time i watched it i watched it over a course of two days so i'm looking forward to trying to watch it in one sitting this time Jeez, i i think i saw it in theaters the first time and I was so nervous the entire movie. I couldn't imagine just stopping and walking away and watching it the next day. <laughs> and the other thing I was wondering about, especially with prisoners coming hot on the hot on the way here, I don't know what phrase I was trying to say, but I just hot made, off the press. <laughs> I just made one. Hot on the way. Is got hot dogs. <laughs> hot on the way. <laughs> uh, it, I just was thinking about like, does he know how to have fun? It, like a lot of movies there's sort of these moments of like oh that was funny or you know that felt like a nice human moment and there was some of that in august 32nd that was a pretty light human movie that yeah. i kind of liked a lot but since then i feel like we've just been wallowing in darkness and i mean there's always a tinge of optimism in some sense at the end but Right. There's just not ever really a lightness to his movies, and that, that is interesting. That's one of his things: is that his his optimism and his hope and his light are all like thematic, and they're all grand. Like ah, if I really think about this movie, I can see that there's light at the end of the tunnel, where there's hope for humanity instead of like. But I want little moments. I want little. I want somebody to say something quirky or to make a joke on screen, and like have it be out of place for a second. Yeah, and, and the, that's sort of a complaint I would have with this movie too. Is like. 
life is hard and terrible sometimes, especially for this mom. But you can't tell me she didn't smile or laugh her entire life. You know? Right. <laughs> like, that, well, yeah. And I think I, with the script he, he wrote, it would be hard, or at least the story he outlined and probably the play he took it from, it would be hard to inject, inject that in there. Like, where would you have, what scene would you have, like, a nice, would it be right before the bus catches on fire or right before the kids get shot Actually, I think that could have been a good time. Like, remember in Polytechnique yeah. where the guy meets the girl at the copier and they kind of exchange, like, a smile or, like, a words or yeah. something? And yeah. then later he finds her dead and it, like, adds a little bit of yeah. humanity well, say, that to that body. Well, that makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they could have done that on the bus. Like, the little girl could have, like made a face at her or something and have been like, oh, look at her connection with that little girl. Yeah, she has such a long life left to live. And then it would have been, like, brutal, right? I don't know. There's stuff you can do. So you want light stuff for the sake of making the heavy stuff so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's <I> mean, fine. <laughs> that wasn't what I, I was thinking when I first brought it up, time. but sure, yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, I, that like this was a big one, and I feel like this is one I would revisit in a couple years just to see sort of how I feel about it kind of yeah. knowing what's going to happen and watching it as I am looking forward to doing with prisoners. Mm. But yeah, I mean, overall I had some issues with it, but there was a lot of good stuff to take from it. And, uh, you know, it was, there was some, like when this movie opened, I thought I was about to watch the best movie ever because the scene with that the first, the first shot was incredible. Yeah. The scene with the kid getting his head shaved and like the yeah. radio head song playing was just Great. like, Damn, we're in the for a slow, movie here. Take. Yeah. Again, good music choice. He's he's pretty good at that in the movies that we've seen. I, I know that after a couple of the first French ones, we were like trying to look up what the songs were because it <laughs> yeah. was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, this was this was another uh, another classic. another movie. <laughs> this was a movie. This was a movie <laughs> that we watched, and we're about to watch another one. Do you think it was better than Polytechnique? I personally don't. I'm deciding. I would definitely rewatch it before rewatching Polytechnique. I think in a lot That's of That's true. I think weirdly Polytechnique is an easier movie to make. And that he overachieved in that one. He took something with a fairly low bar. It has obvious powerful moving aspects to it. It's a fairly low bar that he way oversoared, sailed on. And then Incendies is like this huge ask like a big bite that he decided to chew off with very little money and he like barely crossed over the bar yeah i think yeah i think that's true but like i was saying before i think the simple stories connect with me more like i appreciate the ambition of this which i think makes it like that alone pretty much makes it better than his other two movies but i think the effectiveness of polytechnique for me yeah probably makes it the best one that we've seen so far we'll see yeah, i think i agree can one plus one make one that's the last question let me check can i check the math on that i have an i have an app on my iphone for calculating it I cannot like oh i can't <laughs> no i don't know what in the world of denis sense. villeneuve it can yeah he's in the french numerical system we'll have to we'll have to spend some time in our fireside chat trying to figure out how one plus one can equal one i have some theories like a <laughs> triangle no it doesn't make sense <laughs> <clears throat> all right well that's all we got for this one i know you gotta run and mm-hmm. i got stuff to do we just had a hurricane come through here so 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, next one is Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman and Paul Dano, right? The most fun cast. It's got to be a fun movie, right? Oh, this, you, you guys. I know Sounds we talk like a, a lot about how, how unfun he is, but get ready for this one. This one's fun. This is just your classic heist movie. Three guys breaking out of jail. They're, they're prisoners. It's three funny guys. Jake Gyllenhaal at his funniest. Hugh Jackman sings. Like in Lame is. Get ready. Buckle Paul Dano drinks his own milkshakes. In this oh, one. there you go. Man, Paul Dano, does he bat? Is he have the highest batting average of of of, of non-starring role actors? He certainly swings the hardest out of anyone. I think he. I think they they go the farthest. Little Miss Sunshine, A plus. Uh, what's that movie you were just talking about? No Country for Old Blood. <laughs> there will be Could blood, not, yeah. There will be A plus. This movie, great. That movie about the Beach Boys, probably good. What else is he in? He's in that uh movie about Daniel Radcliffe, if Daniel oh, yeah. Radcliffe was a corpse. Was a pretty good movie. Yeah, I enjoy Paul Dano. I just find it funny the way that he goes like a thousand percent at every yeah. moment of every movie that he's in. The guy just lives... He's like how, how when you're in elementary school, you don't think that your teacher exists outside of the classroom. I don't think that there's a Paul Dano outside of the silver screen. I don't think Paul Dano exists. I think he's just <laughs> this guy, and they generate the movie studios can make it happen. But I don't know what I would do if I ever saw him on the street, because I don't think he exists. He only exists in those movies. Well, let us know if you see Paul Dano on the street in between At now it. and next time on you the might. 2049 podcast. Go watch Prisoners. <laughs> Go find your dad, brother, in the Middle East somewhere. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Foxworthy Podcast.